Welcome to the Shepherd's Crick Podcast. This ministry exists to provide coaching, resources, and events for pastors and church members. My name is Jared Sparks. Join me as I talk pastoral ministry, applied theology like manhood and womanhood, political theology, and cultural analysis with a little bit of hunting and fishing thrown in. I'm a husband, a father, and a pastor, and I'm here to remind you of the chief pastor and our king, Jesus. Hello and welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well today. Looking forward to talking to a new friend that I'll introduce here in just a second. And actually, I'll let him introduce himself here in just a minute. But wanted to remind you of a few things that we have going on. If you want to be a part of the Shepherd's Crook membership, please reach out to me for $5 a month. You can be a part of the newsletter. You can get a in your mailbox once a month newsletter that's on old antique looking paper with a wax seal. Just a good old fashioned newsletter. I've really enjoyed getting one from a ministry that I follow and kind of thought it would be a little bit nostalgic for you guys as well. So if you want to get that, and then at the end of the year, you'll get all the video and audio content that I'll send your way. And also you can jump in on the cohorts as well that we've had in the past. I can get you access to that. So if you want to be a part of the membership, it really supports the work around here. And uh, it's always just encouraging to see people sign up for that. And hopefully it's an encouragement to you as well. And then want to continue to remind you of the Sons and Slaves podcast. Me and my boys are having a blast talking about boyhood and the process of becoming a man. We have a lot of interviews that we're, we're going to have lined up and a lot of conversations that are just going to continue between me and them. And they've been having a really good time with it. And hopefully you guys have enjoyed that. So if, you, if you're not yet subscribed to that show, please jump over to iTunes or wherever you do your podcast intake and search and subscribe. We would appreciate it quite a bit. All right. I'm talking to Tate Taylor today. Uh, Tate, why don't you go ahead and just uh, give us a shout out. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your family, and then what it is you do. And then after that, you know what? Let's go ahead and pray, and then I'll pass it off to you. How about that? Let's do that. Okay. Father, we just thank you for this time. Thank you for the blessing that technology can be. And I, I just ask that this would be used for your glory and honor for this conversation to glorify you and, and help people. We want it to be an encouragement to people as well. So I thank you for Tate, a uh, brother that I've learned from from afar and enjoyed just kind of seeing what's going on in his world. And I'm really excited to get to know him uh, here today. And, and hopefully everybody else will be as well. And uh, we just trust you'll lead this discussion. Discussion. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Bring us up to speed. Tell us about yourself. All right. So like you said, my name is Tate Taylor. I'm 28. I live in uh, rural East Texas, kind of a place nobody would have really heard of if they hadn't been through here. Um, I, there's a lot going on. I, I have a normal blue collar job. Um, I'll be going on night shifts tonight. So normal stuff there. Um, but as far as online, I guess this is where a lot of people's like their existence is starting to end up is kind of through their social media, which I don't really want that to be the case for me. But um, we're pretty active on social. If you follow me, um, pretty active on Instagram. I do a lot of lifting, uh, like fitness related stuff on there. And then I also, I love, I love that you're doing a podcast with your sons. Cause I actually, I have a podcast with my father. Um, awesome. so, so our, our podcast, the bar Taylor talks is, um, is me and my dad and then my brother-in-law. Um, and we re-record usually one episode a week. Uh, we're not quite as, as, uh, quick to the draw as you are on yours, but, um, but we try to be pretty consistent with it. Uh, we've been doing that for coming up on a year now. Um, and then also that same group of guys, mainly my brother-in-law and I have started, uh, a confessionally reformed house church here in 
our, our neck of the woods. Um, it's not the necessarily the intention that it stays a house church forever, but that's what we're at right now. Um, and so we're doing that and man, there's a, there's a lot going on, but that's, yeah, uh, like I it. guess that's kind of the, the high points at the moment. Yeah. And so kids, how many kids do you guys have? I am, I'm married to my wife of six years as of yesterday or the okay. day before. Yeah. So, uh, our anniversary was, yeah, two days ago. Okay. Um, six years to my wife, Destiny, and we have two little ones. I have a, a four-year-old girl and a one-year-old boy. Awesome. So. Man, that's fun. So a couple questions to so the house church. So what led you to that? Were you kind of in the situation a lot of people were? It's kind of like you try to do what you can to help the church get better and and couldn't really do that. And so decided to start your own. What, what led you up to starting the house church? Uh, I think we probably are in a really similar situation to a lot of people, uh, especially okay. in the last three-ish years. Um Everyone has started looking for answers since the uh, the unnamed virus that we're not allowed to talk about. Right. Um, and we were we were kind of in a similar situation. We were going through uh, to uh, um, they would they would claim to be reformed, um, a Calvinistic Baptist uh, church um, close to here. There's just not a ton of options. We live in a very rural area. Okay. Um, the closest grocery store to, to my house is 20 minutes away. Gotcha. Um, and that's a small town. Um, so there's just not a ton of options in our area, but I, I don't think that's, you know, exclusive to us. It seems like a lot of people are kind of in that situation. Um, basically we as a family kind of just providentially through a ton of blessing and no fault of our own came to a bunch of, um, doctrinal agreements and convictions kind of at the same time, okay. uh, in a short period of time, um, through exposure to, people you've had on your podcast, um, mm -hmm. guys like you speaking up on the internet. Um, and basically the, the choices came down to, all right, do we start looking for someplace to go? Do we move? Um, do we start driving two hours away every Sunday, um, to try to go to a faithful church that we believe would be good for us? Mm -hmm. Um, or, or do we just bite the bullet and start, essentially not being very good at this now so that hopefully we're better at it later. <laughs> right. Um, right. And, and so that's, we, we eventually landed on option three there. Um, we are not too far from Joel Webin. Um, okay. And Covenant Bible church is a little over two hours South of us. Um, and that was something we visited there. Um, we went to one of his conferences this past year and big fan of what they're doing. It's just, It'd be really hard for us oh, yeah. long term to be really involved in a community that far away. Mm -hmm. And so um figured we'd just go ahead and start building one. Yeah, man. Well, that's what we've seen. If anything beyond close to an hour, we have several people that are coming from about an hour away and are really plugged in with small groups, with community. I mean, they never make the hour a issue. They, they've never complained about it. In fact, we have an elder candidate that's about 45 minutes away from where our church building is. And that's kind of how our church is. We have a central location, then people are coming from several different places. But beyond that, I mean, to do two hours, I mean, is pretty unreasonable. I mean, it seems like you kind of your backs were against the wall a little bit and just had to make some decisions. So so it seems like, I mean, just from online anyways, it seems like things are going pretty good. Yeah, things are things are good. Um, you know, it's it's gonna be something that we've already we've already just come to terms with. It's gonna be very slow growth, most likely. Um, but we're all right with that. We've got a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. We need to improve a ton before we're ready for, you know, if, if 
if all of a sudden a hundred people showed up here at my house, like we wouldn't be prepared for that anyways. Yeah. And right. So, um, uh, it's, it's, that's something that we're not, we're not too hung up about. It's that's all right with us for sure. Gotcha. So I was in Texas in 2000, in the early 2000s, I worked with a camp organization. So I spent time in Nacogdoches, Texas, or Nacogdoches, how, how we said, uh, Sherman, Texas. And then I was out West, several different places around the state, but really enjoyed it, man. There were fire ants, uh, in Sherman, Texas that were, I mean, ginormous and absolutely were, I mean, they were like lighting kids up, man. I mean, it was like a kid's camp. So we were out playing in the field and we were just getting, we were getting annihilated by these fire, fire ants. But then my, my sister lived down in Texas for a while too, in Plano. So we spent a lot of, a lot of time down there getting that Tex-Mex food is pretty good. So the great state of nation, uh, the great nation of Texas is a, a pretty cool exactly. place. And I watched a, a bar, a brimstone tactics, YouTube video that, that you guys did. It was like, uh, distance uh, test between a Matthews and a Hoyt bow. So is that your property? I mean, it looks like you have some property. I mean, you got, you got a, a pretty nice place. It looks like you can, you can hunt and do a lot of different things out there. Yeah. So that's part, that's part of the reason that moving wasn't really an option for us is because we, both sides of my family, my wife and I both have a ton of family that live very closely right up the hill for me. I don't know if you can see the light shining in through this window, but right up the hill for me, my grandparents, um, live about 300 yards away. They've lived there for the past 30 years. Um, and we actually live on a piece of property that they cut out and deeded to us. Um, and we, and my wife and I built on, so, um, our, our 10 acres attaches to their, um, 80 basically. Okay. Um, Awesome. And then there's a bunch of leased land uh, that he's had as long as, as, as he's been here, he's, he's been wanting to buy it for a long time. And, the people who own it are uh, a lot happier to just let him keep leasing it from them. Mm -hmm. Um, but we get to hunt all of that. They have cows on it. Um, and so, yeah, uh, we, we get to do a lot of hunting. We got, we've got a ton of white tail deer right out the back, back door, uh, pigs, cows, whatever you want. Um, Man, that's great. so that's awesome. We, our church took, we had, uh, I think it was like 14 guys from our church. We went down to, um, let's see, it would have been Texarkana, but we did a hog hunt down there and yeah. it was awesome. We ended up getting seven hogs and it was all, we, we walked forever. It was just, we walked and walked and walked. But so do you guys, you got wild boar down there as well? Is that not a thing that's around? Yeah. So our area, the thing it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where there's such a nuisance that there's, there's no holes barred. Like you can kill yeah. them. <laughs> I know. However yeah. you want. Yeah, that's um, what they said to us too. There, there's no, there's no seasons. There's no rules, regulations. You can kill them with like, the, you, there are guys who are making a living on YouTube, killing pigs with spears out of trees and stuff. Um, <laughs> That's wild. One of the, one of the things in our area is to do pig hunts over the weekend. And then it's basically like a 24 hour pig hunt and guys will take out packs of dogs. And, um, and the rules are, you can't kill them with a, with a firearm. You actually have to, you actually have to run them down and knife them. Man, that's and what I've so, heard. So, but, but, okay, question about that because I, we're thinking about doing that in Louisiana. So, the dogs corner them, and then how do you get on them to stab them? Are you stabbing the heart or the head? What do you do? I think it depends on on the guy. Most of the guys that I've seen just go straight for a, a heart shot. Um, okay, and they, you know, one stab heart shot. Um, and you're not trying to be inhumane to the animal, you know, but they're just so they're so destructive. Mm -hmm. there's kind of a there's kind of a stigma people here hate them okay. if you're a cattle if you're a cattle rancher if you're a farmer they are your biggest enemy basically they tear up fences they tear up crops they 
destroy pasture where your animals can't feed on and graze the way that they would normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really, really smart and they are extremely effective breeders. So you, okay. yeah, <laughs> you, they, they breed faster than we can kill them. And it's just a field that you, there are guys shooting them out of helicopters with machine guns, you know? So, yeah, I've seen um, that politicians that politicians have a way of getting in and doing that kind of thing somehow but uh okay so a few things let's talk a grand your grandfather your dad and then yourself because it seems like there's a pretty great legacy happening already now is your grandfather a christian it sounds like yeah you're probably raised in a christian home so let's talk about that for a little bit and i'd love to hear why you started a podcast with your dad that's incredible with the bar taylor talks so just kind of tell us a bit about uh, about the legacy of faith in your family yeah, there's a there's a big one um, on on both sides of of my family um, from from my parents. I was raised in a Christian household. Um, my dad's mother and father um, are are both Christians and and outspoken Christians, and they live in the in the metroplex. So their their family that's close, but even closer than that, we've got a ton more. Um, yeah. My my mother's parents are the ones that live right up the hill from me here. He is an elder um, at a church not too far from here. Um, I was actually there. I got to speak at his um, ordination, and oh, um, and so he he's uh, a pillar of faith for sure in our family, but in the community really. Um, and so there's a there's a large legacy there for sure. Um, there's some there's some doctrinal differences and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We don't all agree on exactly the same stuff, but. Um, but 100% like solid, solid believers and, and people that you want to have around you um, that you want to be able to learn from. And um, just some of the most long suffering, consistent people um, that you could ever hope to, to be influenced by really. That's awesome. Um, for, for sure. Um, so through them, there's been a ton uh, of stuff. And then I guess I was probably, I was probably in middle school when a lot of this started, maybe in late elementary school when, when my parents um, kind of started getting hooked into the, the young, reckless run young, restless reformed okay. uh, movement. Um, I remember the, the, the pastors that I remember growing up listening to are guys like John Piper. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, Desiring God was, um, you know, a big deal in our house, RC Sproul. Um mm-hmm. Those guys were were the guys that I was listening to on the weekends when the when the TV was on and YouTube sermons first became a thing and you know you could you could listen to stuff online and um, reading those articles and those discussions started pretty early in my house. I'm the oldest of three siblings, okay, and so um, my parents are my parents are not 50 years old yet. Oh um, wow, okay, yeah. So they they're um they were they were young when they had me, and so I was right in the middle of all of the conversations, um, mm-hmm. getting to, to listen and pay attention and ask questions. And so, um, yeah, there's definitely a legacy of, of like just Christian discussion and thought and, um, asking a lot of questions and, you know, why do we believe this? What do we believe? Is this just something that we do because people around here always do this mm-hmm. or is there something more to it than that? Um, and so that's really where the podcast came from. Um, we've been having those discussions, like I said, since I was young, young, Mm -hmm. um, but here in the last few years, um, I I mentioned that we came to some big doctrinal convictions, but, um, one of the larger ones is 
is this covenantal theology okay. and the fact that this there is actually a legacy here and we do need to be passing it down to our children mm-hmm. um and raising them as if they're christians um so that's been huge and then you tack on the post mill thing to that and mm-hmm. it just spreads like wildfire we're like everything <laughs> like everything's got to be christian and yeah, so like right. the, the way we make food needs to be christian you know and right. so those are um, christian eggs yeah exactly exactly um <laughs> And so uh, that really is what prompted a lot of these these discussions. And we're like, we're already talking about all of this stuff. Um, and there's people around here that we want to be able to hear this. Um, that it just doesn't seem like it's quite as effective to constantly be sending them other people's material. Uh-huh. And so right. uh, we just we bought some mics and decided we'd go ahead and do it. So, man, that's awesome. Very cool. I love hearing that. So the other things you have going on in your life, it seems like, I mean, you're always working out lifting looks like you got a, a group or something that is lifting we had some guys at the church that were doing uh, we were training for the murph and we started off with like 15 dudes and then it ended with three and we got it done in <laughs> 58 minutes so it was me and two other guys 58 minutes but i didn't have a weighted vest none of us had weighted vests so we felt good about getting it done without the weighted vest but next year the goal is all right let's let's get the vest with the plates in it and let's get it done so how, how has that become a part of your life? Has it just always been, I mean, at, I mean, I'm sure athletics or something like that, that carrying over, but it seems like it's been a pretty integral part of your, I mean, you're doing like front squats of 350 pounds. So I mean, like it, it looks like, so, I mean, tell us about that, why that's important for you, why that's important for men and then why you have a group around you that's, you know, joined in doing that with you. Yeah. So, uh, the fitness stuff has been around forever. Um, this stuff started around the same time as the the doctrinal discussions did. And okay. um, so I'm sure people already know this, but um, football in football in Texas is huge. Um, and college football is really big, but if you live here, you know that the real thing that, that is captivated everybody um, as soon as, as soon as school starts in the fall is high school football. Okay. And that's, that's where the real attraction is, is Friday night light high school football. Like that, those movies and that TV show is based on a real thing. Like, <laughs> right. So I, I grew up in that. Um, my, my grandfather who lived right up the road was, was, a uh, was a quarterback and really good at the high school that I played quarterback at. And, um, my dad played, my uncles all played, like everyone played football. Um, okay. and you might get into other stuff later, but you, you play football first. Mm-hmm. And, um, so anyways, we were really involved in that. Uh, my dad actually started the youth organization here in our, our local town when I was in, I think the first grade, cause he was like, we don't have this here and I'm tired of driving down the road to go do it. And so he just started, started the, the Malakoff youth league here okay. and it's still going today and we don't have anything to do with it anymore and he you know we he started that so that i could play when i was in the first grade mm-hmm. and um so that's kind of i guess this has been a theme for a long time it's like if we don't have this and we needs to be done then we'll just we'll just go ahead and do it mm-hmm. um so athletics was always huge i played a year of college football uh down in southwestern at a little d3 school okay um i was not some phenomenal football player or anything i was um I was just consistent. And, um, the thing that, that my dad has always hammered home is like, just work so ridiculously hard every day that they have to find somewhere to put you on the field because they can't not have you on the field. Yeah. Right. And so, 
Um, that was always the goal. And I guess because of that, really, I started enjoying, I, I started enjoying off season workouts and training as much as I enjoyed the season. Okay. Um, and that started probably in high school. Um, we started working out with weights at the house before we ever started lifting weights, um, through the school. Um, when I was young, I think I was in the sixth grade when I started lifting weights. Okay. Um, so it was pretty early, like at the point where everybody's like, you better not do that or it's going <laughs> to stun when you. Or, yeah. We got those comments, um, which I, I don't know, maybe I'd be six foot instead of five eleven, but who really cares? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have almost 20 years of lifting experience because we started really early. And so, um, I think I was in college and kind of getting ready to be done with football when CrossFit exploded onto oh, the yeah. national, yeah, okay. onto the national scene. And then the guys that were, you know, and still kind of are, but especially during that period of time, 2013, 2014, the guys who were at the pinnacle of the sport were Christians. They were mm -hmm. outspoken Christians. It was yeah. Dan Bailey and, That's right. and Rich Froning. And um, those were the guys that I was watching and wanted to be like. And the thing that I noticed about Froning was that he always had a group of people around him. <laughs> um, he worked tremendously hard, but he was always having fun because there was a big group of people there mm -hmm. and there was a big fellowship around what they were doing. And, you know, he would have people just living in his house so that they could train together. And I always mm -hmm. thought that that was the coolest thing in the world. And um, so when we finally got to have our own property, build our own house, um, I built a shop and that was really the main purpose of the shop was to have my own home gym. Yeah. That's and awesome. So that's kind of how that started. Um, we, we started doing Murph probably four or five years ago. Great. Um, What's your best and, time? Uh, I want to say it was not, not this year, but last year, this year I had a pulled hamstring last year. I, uh, I did it. <laughs> we actually did it um, twice during Memorial Day weekend. Okay. So there's a CrossFit gym down the road, um, about 45 minutes that we have some connections to, and they do it on Monday morning. But I like doing stuff here on Saturdays to kind of kick the weekend off. So Saturday morning, we did it here. And I think I did it in like 50 minutes with the vest. Man. And then, um, and then we went Monday morning, and there was a bigger group, and there's music, and, you know, mm -hmm. it's like uh, – a little bit more, a uh, little bit more juice flowing. And I think I finished it right at 48 minutes. <laughs> Dude, you crushed it. Um, well done. Two days later. So um, the goal is to get faster with it this next mm -hmm. year. We'll see. Do it. Very, happens. very cool. So physical fitness, uh, Paul tells us that bodily training is of some value, but godliness is something, something I'm <laughs> misquoting it is of, uh, is of, of much more value because, uh, because it's valuable for eternity. And there we go. So let's talk the value and then uh, um, what, what is the main impetus behind it? Like why, why is it valuable for men to be strong? Man, that's a huge question. Um, I think the, the main thing with, with physical training is that it is the lowest hanging fruit that you have access to that everyone has access to that yields a direct reward. Like, anybody has a floor in their house where they can start doing 20 or 30 push-ups a day. Yeah. And, and then before you know it, 20 or 30 push-ups is not difficult anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just teaches this, um, it teaches work ethic is what it does. 
And I'm not sure why, but we've we've become pretty functionally Gnostic within the church mm-hmm. and we completely disassociate our spiritual disciplines from our physical disciplines, but it's the same, it's the same process. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, we go, um, we can't get any of these guys to, to read their Bibles every day. And then they start working out and you're like, well, you're focused on the wrong thing. Why do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, they want to be men. Uh-huh. And and instead of going, hey, that's good that you're doing that every day. Why don't you attach some Bible reading to it? Mm-hmm. Because it, it requires the same. It's this the same muscle that you're flexing is this is this discipline muscle. And it's doing things when you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not sure why the church has done that. But that's one of the goals with what we do here um, with the group is we try to start the week out with some work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is that on Sunday, you're supposed to rest and worship. And then the, the rest of that commandment though, is that when we're honoring the Sabbath, the fourth commandment is that for six days, you're supposed to work hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on, on the seventh you rest. Mm-hmm. Well, we've kind of like parsed it up and gone, you're supposed to observe the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten rid of that initial working hard for six days. It's really good. And so what we've, we've, we've trying, what we're trying to do is, give some impetus to that working hard. So we mm-hmm. rest on the Sabbath. We try to do that together. And then at the beginning of the week, we try to get back to work together. Um, yeah. And there'd be some actual thought behind it other than just like, we got to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, we're actually trying to improve. We're trying to build. We're trying to um, sharpen one another as iron mm-hmm. sharpens iron. That's and good. You got to be around each other to do that stuff. And so what we do is we'll, we'll work out, we'll lift, We'll uh, we'll grill steaks and eat dinner together, and then um, and then we'll finish up with a Bible study um, and sing and sing one or two uh, hymns or psalms. And um, it's it's a long evening. I mean, it takes us a while to do it, but um, I, I I feel like it's gonna if we're faithful with it, it can bear a lot of fruit in the yeah. future. So. so sounds awesome, man. One of the things I've noticed about my sons, particularly my oldest son. He works really hard at things that he enjoys, but the things he doesn't enjoy, he just can't make himself want to do it. And yeah. so what we've implemented is we're running a mile a day. This is a day four. We didn't run yesterday. Um, or let's see, we've missed one of five days. <clears throat> I forget, but we're running a mile a day just to get him out to do something because in in that way, being able to push through and we're going to keep going further and further. I've, I've been a runner for a long time and pretty i never really moved past a novice runner i'm about 15 miles a week for the last 20 years basically um yeah but i'm really wanting to see them push themselves and my youngest son has a kind of a, a drive that is uh you know he can really push himself in in ways that ransom my oldest doesn't particularly like pushing himself and so he's nine now and this is going to be really good. I mean, that's some, some of the thing that bodily training does. It, it affects other areas of your life because it helps you work through that discipline and that the the difficulty of, of pushing through that hill. I've got to run up that hill right there. And I don't want to run up that hill. And then you get up to the top of the hill. And you're like, I'm really glad I did that. That was really good. And uh, so we're hoping that that ends up, um, you know, developing that uh, muscle, that skill in working hard at things that you don't particularly enjoy. And I think working out that kind of discipline like that can have ramifications in your life and in a pretty profound way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's just kind of the overarching thing. It's like, that's, that's rampant on social media right now. It's like Jocko talking about discipline being freedom. Like everybody's Mm -hmm. hearing this stuff, but we, we tend to not realize that it's an explicitly Christian ideal. Mm -hmm. And then like mankind Mm. was here in, in order to work. Yeah, that's good. We don't, I don't know why, but our our modern ideal of, of perfection is like really squeaky clean shiny surfaces that don't ever get dirty mm-hmm. and so like it's always this space age idea where none of the cars actually touch the ground they're all floating in the air for some reason and we with if you look at scripture um the garden in its perfect perfected state still had dirt in it mm-hmm. like there, there was dirt present and adam was put there to work and tend it mm. like that's what we're designed to do from the beginning. Sins made that more difficult, but the dominion mandate is a is a burden, and you mm-hmm. you might need some you might need a strong back in order to carry out the command well. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't know why we we disassociate those things, and to act like that's not theological, I think is silly. Yeah. Right. I think 20, 30 years down the road. You can always do some historical analysis and evaluate why we were where we were, where we are. And I think some of those answers will bubble to the surface over the next, especially 50 years out. We'll be able to look back and think, well, what was going on that caused the state of evangelicalism at the end of the 2000s or going into the early 2000s to get where they were? And it's going to be interesting to see that unfold. But sometimes when you're right smack dab in the middle of it, it's hard to nail down. Why? Why is this a gaping hole in you know the the landscape of of christianity right now in our theology why is this so devoid of of depth and and so i think in time we'll kind of figure that out but i think that this last few years there's been some massive course correction in a really good way and not necessarily from everybody but certainly especially what i see and i was just talking to one of my co-pastors earlier today these guys that are your age and younger so i'm i'm a little bit older but man, the guys that are out there in the internet world, they're sharp. I mean, they're, they they care about God's law. They understand the gospel or they understand political theology. They're not putting up with Owen Strand's nonsense over the last two weeks kind of stuff. Um, They're, you know, they're frustrated at effeminate theology, which is my next podcast I'm going to be doing is effeminate theology would be, you might even be really sharp theologically, but you just, you react to everything in the wrong sort of way. You might even be right on some things. And that's what we've seen with, with like, Owen Strand in this particular moment anyways. Um, but man, it's it's neat to see there is a good shift. I think it's happened over the last three years that is still working itself out and building on the last three years. And I think it's a really healthy thing. I think some guys are, are taking some things to the extremes, but overall, it seems like there's a really good trajectory. Are you seeing that kind of same thing? I mean, it seems like that's the case with you personally, but are you seeing that same thing more broadly? As yeah, well? I am. Um, there's, there's a small group that I've kind of... Um been able to work myself into a little bit on, on the Instagram platform um, where there's some really sharp guys who are just regular blue collar dudes. Um, you know, they work at engineering firms or they're welders or they're, you know, I'm a, I'm a plant operator at a natural gas company. And it's not like for some reason we think that the glory only exists on, you know, the, the guy that's catching a touchdown on Sunday afternoon football, you know, and is getting paid millions of dollars to do that. Um, but I think people are starting to, to come back even like there's been the shift back after the internet age 
of people who under, are beginning to understand that like the really mundane everyday normal stuff is where the glory is mm -hmm. like yeah like coming home and wrestling with your kids in the in the living room is where the glory is like that's mm -hmm. what you're yes yeah um and so i think that's for sure happening and um yeah there's there's definitely a group on online that is becoming more and more connected to one mm -hmm. another and talking about this stuff, having these conversations, um, sharing scripture with each other and going, have you ever heard anybody preach a sermon on this? Mm -hmm. And of course we're all like, Nope. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. um, and so, yeah, that's definitely happening. I will say like, I, I'm probably in a little bit of an echo chamber in mm -hmm. that regard. Um, because, because that's what I want to find. I'm yeah, looking right. for that. Um, I don't want to act like, there's not plenty of ridiculous stuff that's going on online as well. And there's plenty of silliness. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think there is a, some course correction that's happening. And mm -hmm. there are some younger guys that are, that are like, I don't want to put a mask back on. Like, yeah. Or I won't I, put a mask back on. No, <laughs> no I'm not doing not, that. Like, not and, that I did the first time, but. And exactly. And so, and there needs to be, um, I've heard Wilson, Pastor Wilson talk about this as well, but we've got to be able to learn how to go no without flying into a rage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very good. And just good. calmly, like when when that happens, just be able to go no. Mm -hmm. And there's yeah. a quiet confidence that has to be had. And you only like you can't you're not born with that. You've got to earn it. Like it's mm -hmm. it's got to be earned through hard work and going through difficult things and having these kinds of conversations, um, which is why I think that aspect of lifting or running or whatever it is that you're doing, where you constantly are facing big obstacles mm -hmm. that are daunting to you, that kind of scare you a little bit, where there's that feeling of like that tingling feeling in your stomach before you go to grab that barbell. And you're like, I don't know if this is going to go well or not. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to be able to find some way to fight battles like that because we don't have we don't have a lot of the difficulties that our forefathers did. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, we like, have to go find them. We have to find it. Yeah. You, you've got to go willingly on purpose, get in the middle of that stuff on a regular basis. Um, you've got to make that decision to go do it. And I think there, there are plenty of guys that are starting to realize that and starting to act on it. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about hunting a little bit. seems like you've been a hunter for a long time. I just got into hunting. Uh, I think this is my fifth season now hunting so I, I didn't start until mid-30s and I didn't grow up I did grow up a little bit in the woods quite a bit in the woods grew up fishing a little bit but hunting has been phenomenal absolutely loved it so let, let's just hear your backstory on that and uh looks like you're a bow hunter as well I love bow hunting it's the best but how did you get into hunting was it there from childhood or just bring give us a story so I actually, um, I'm, I'm closer in my trajectory to you than you would think. Um, okay. my grand, my grandfather has been a hunter my entire life. Um, it's not something that my dad was ever really into. Um, during the winter we were playing football and so there wasn't a ton of time for hunting. Mm -hmm. And, um, now I've been close to it. I've been in the same realm, the same vicinity of it. Um, my whole life, like I remember on Thanksgiving morning, like having my big toe pulled to pull me out of the bed at four o'clock in the morning to go get in a deer stand uh, uh -huh. with my, with my granddad. Cause he was like, you're going to go do this with me. And I don't <laughs> care if you want to go or not. Like, right. I don't, I don't, I'm not really concerned about it. If you're excited about it, we're going to do it. Um, 
but it wasn't until I had a buddy of mine bring his bow to my house, um, probably, probably five or six years ago. Okay. And, um, it was actually just shooting a bow that got me hooked. <laughs> That's and awesome. I was like, oh, I got, I've got to get one of these and start doing this. And so, um, when I started deer hunting, I really started with a bow. I got a bow, like, like you said, I got a Matthews, mm-hmm. um, Triax and, um, got it on consignment sale at a store, not too far from here Nice. and, uh, got it all set up and started shooting in the yard. And, um, yeah, I, I, that, I, that already had me hooked. And then, um, I'd have to look and see exactly when this was, I want to say it was 2018 or 2019. Um, I was sitting in a tree about half a mile from here and, um, and shot, uh, a 10 point whitetail on Thanksgiving morning in the rain. <laughs> awesome. And, and he, he piled up about 40 yards from where I shot him and I was trying to be quiet and get out of the woods and let him, let him expire on his own, uh, before I went, you know, charging in there to see what happened. And, um, I actually ended up walking almost right by right by where he had piled up. And, um, so then my, my granddad and my cousin who also lives not too far from here, uh, helped me dress the carcass and, and break it all down and get into a cooler and everything on Thanksgiving morning before we went to my parents for, for Thanksgiving. And That's so awesome. like, after that, I was like, I've, I'm going to do this forever. <laughs> it's so awesome, man, dude. It's crazy. My, we had a guy at our church that said, Hey, why don't you go ahead and come on out? He's got property. He's in his sixties and always respected the guy. I said, well, all right. And I had to do hunter safety course and it was a uh, gun season and Illinois, by the way, we got big deer up here. We got, we got good whitetail deer up here. You got those big, <laughs> those big Northern large body whitetail. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Even though we're not that far. Crazy thing is we're in Southern Illinois cause we're, we're almost in Kentucky, but still they're, I mean, they're big, nice deer. And, uh, yeah. The first three times I was in a, or first five times I was in a stand, I killed three deer. So, I mean, it was just uh, right place, right time. And then the next year, my second year, I didn't kill it. I hardly saw it. And I didn't see hardly anything and sat in a stand. And that was kind of more realistic to what hunting is is like. But uh, I was, I've been able to get one, I think every year, except one. And I've enjoyed it, man. I've got to go on a bear hunt in Minnesota and, and do some, just some neat things. But it gets you, man. It, it gets hooks in you, and then it pulls you in. And I absolutely, I mean, I absolutely love it. It's a ton of fun. I I love it. I, I didn't get to do quite as much hunting this past season. Um, our our boy and my wife has some pretty rough pregnancies. And so when, when she was pregnant with our son, there wasn't, uh, wasn't a ton of chance to go hunting and, and okay. leave her here by herself. But, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to being able to do it with my kids at some point my we watch yeah. uh we watch hunting shows pretty often on youtube i really like uh um brian call in the gritty shows hmm, i'll have to check that out um his name's brian call um and i think the the channel's called gritty hunting or the gritty bowman or i can't remember exactly the name but they I'll make spectacular films and um they do everything they they hunt way south desert they hunt um way back country bear elk mule deer doesn't matter that's um, cool they go rifle they go bow it doesn't matter and i'll i'll watch those with my four-year-old girl and she'll just like it'll be in the middle of the week i'll get home 
and she'll you can tell she's been thinking about it all day mm -hmm. for some reason it just popped into her head or something it's like daddy i really want to go shoot a bear that's so fun <laughs> well it's so neat too okay. because with with your children i picked up at a yard sale for five dollars i picked up this 1990 something bow and got i took it to our local bow shop and cody our our bow tech in the area he got it all worked out and uh, got it all tuned and my son's nine and man he is shooting so good we got it. Uh, he's really, we're trying to keep him at 10 to 20 yards, basically. Just, just repetition, repetition, repetition. And he's really loving it. And then my five-year-old Valor, he's loving it too. And, you know, the great thing, I grew up playing sports. I mean, everything, just, I love sports. And I could care less about sports anymore. It's just weird. And the neat thing way. about hunting is that it's a multi-generational thing, man. Like, I mean, you can be doing this when you're older. And you, I mean, when you're an old dude and you tear your shoulder up, you can get a crossbow and, and go out hunting with a crossbow and have your yeah. great-grandson with you. You know, I mean, there's so many cool things about hunting and just learning about life and death, the time to kill um, and, and doing it in, in, a, in an ethical manner and, and understanding that God has created these animals and and being able to see what you're eating die right in front of you. There's just so many things there that are so, you know, such good lessons for children. And uh, it's a blast. I mean, uh, it's uh, I, I'm taking Ransom out this year with a crossbow for the first time. And so we're hoping that he that he he's able to get one. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't know. We I might I might get my uh, my daughter in a stand this year. It might be next year before we take her and let her go. She gets she gets a little squirmy and restless, you know, but um, but she definitely she's already like got her eye on it where she wants to go and, and do it with me. So I think that would be really, really cool. And it is like, I think one of the things that we've lost here um, is just a connection to the the land. And I said, mm -hmm. I know it sounds kind of hokey, but we really are just kind of disconnected from it. Mm -hmm. um, we don't grow any of our own food. We don't, we don't kill any of our own food. Um, and even, even the hunting space has kind of gotten like, if you're not, you know, if you're not hiking eight miles into some, you know, uh, public land in Colorado to kill some <laughs> crazy giant, like mountain horse, then uh -huh. you're not really hunting or it's like, it's not really hunting. And <laughs> I, I want them to be, I want mine to be just like, so excited to go, you know, an earshot from here. Absolutely. And that's and that's what I like. And, and, and know like, and, and then also know like when we're driving up and down our County road during the summer and we're seeing deer, mm -hmm. we're, we're watching bucks grow up during the mm -hmm. summer. We're watching them in velvet. We're watching them move around. We're watching them. And, and it's this thing that we're actually connected to. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's right here in our backyard. It's it, these are our deer. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, I'm excited about that. My, my granddad's got some, some monsters on his wall, um, up there in his house. And, you know, like I know exactly where those deer were killed. That's so cool. Very like the cool. tree, you know, the trees that were, you know, standing there when that deer was shot are still standing there. And I know exactly where they are and I can, I can walk you to them and show where that all happened. You know what I mean? So I, the legacy <laughs> part of that is, is something that I definitely want to pass on. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Tate, it's been a lot of fun talking. Why don't you get the last word and tell us about your love for Jesus and more importantly, his love for you. Tell us why you love Jesus so much. Man, I've, I've listened to several of your podcasts and I heard you do this with, with some other guests. And um, I I feel like some of them where you don't want to just give the cliche answer, but it's the true one, which is, you know, because he first loved me. Mm -hmm. um, I I... 
I think one of the biggest things for me is I always grew up wanting to be tough, wanting to be courageous. And I never felt like I was. I've always, like, you're, even the people who act like they're not scared are scared. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a different kind of courage that comes from knowing that none of this depends on you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that the the true king actually finally defeated all of the enemies that could truly hurt you forever. He won. Um, and and he he conquered sin and death, and you're free to fight. You're not obligated to like you're obligated, but you're not like you get to fight. Yeah. You, that's awesome. You get to be in this war, you get to be in this battle. And I've I've always wanted to be that that kind of person um and to know that christ had that kind of courage and i don't know how often we talk about christ being courageous um in the modern church but to to know that like he's he's dragging the disciples behind him to jerusalem to be killed Hmm. and we're working through the book of of mark right now and he's like we're going up to jerusalem so that i can die and it's it's so terrifying to them that they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to ask any questions. There's no like seeking clarification. They're like, that sounds terrifying and strange. Um, and they're, they're scared at his boldness and to, to have the privilege of being able to look back at the cross mm-hmm. from our standpoint, um, the freedom in that, the purpose that you have in that. Um, I just, I, I know what kind of a shell of existence my life would be without Christ. Hmm. Yeah. And that's that gaping, yawning hole, that abyss is terrifying to me. Yeah. But the life that comes with it is intoxicating. Yeah. Amen. That's good stuff. Well, if you guys have enjoyed this, take, take, just tell us where we can find more information about you, your podcast and your YouTube. And I'll make sure that all that's in the, in the show notes as well, but tell us where we can find it. Yeah. So, um, on Instagram, you can find me at Tate underscore Taylor, um, as well as at the bar Taylor talks for the podcast. Um, those, a lot of those posts are typically tied together. I'll, I'll post, um, something from both, from both accounts. You should be able to find both of those if you go on Instagram. Um, that's where most of the fitness and lifting stuff is. You can also find me on YouTube at Brimstone Tactics, which is what's on the hat here. Um, Brimstone Tactics on YouTube. And then pretty much anywhere where you would find uh, a podcast and stream a podcast, you can find the Bar Taylor Talks and listen to uh, myself and my brother-in-law and my dad um, discuss stuff like this and all kinds of other things. Awesome. Well, it's been a lot of fun, brother. Appreciate it. Everybody, this has been, this has been Tate Taylor. Tate, appreciate it. Thanks, Jared. Thanks again for listening to the Shepherd's Crypt podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrypt.co. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to become a member of the Shepherd's Crypt, please message me and we'll get you on the list. We hope you have a great rest of your day.